Australia Explained, keeping you on top of all things down under. In this episode of Australia Explained, we break down Dry July, what it means, why it was started, and what does alcohol culture look like in Australia. Hello everyone, my name is Tanya Ragusa. And I'm Vanessa Di Grazia. And welcome back to another episode of Australia Explained. We'd like to start by acknowledging that I'm recording this podcast on the lands of the Nagaro people and Tanya's on Wurundjeri land today. So we pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this month is Dry July, and for those of you who don't know what that means, Dry July is an initiative where people abstain from drinking alcohol to raise money for cancer research. It essentially involves not drinking alcohol for the whole month of July, and just one month without without alcohol has a huge range of physical and mental benefits. Yeah, it really surprised me that it was for cancer research because I assumed, like I think probably many people may have assumed, that it was for alcohol-related health issues, but it's actually not. (laughs) Yeah, well, considering all the different cancers that alcohol consumption is linked to, it also makes sense in a way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just thought that it would be more direct, so that was really good to learn. Um, And we were talking about Dry July, and we wanted to use it as an opportunity to talk about drinking culture in Australia more generally, you know, get clear on the facts of alcohol use in Australia and engage in a bit of a conversation about our fondness for getting on it and what it says about us as a country. Yeah, so let's get into it. Let's start with some of the facts. So Aussies usually laugh about the fact that we're the world's biggest drinkers, but is this actually true? I think every country thinks that they're the biggest drinker. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. Um, The short answer to your question is that absolutely not. We are not the biggest drinkers. We rank 23rd in the world for alcohol consumption, 9th in the world for beer drinking. So, you know, pretty high there. And on average, each Australian drinks 7.8 litres of pure alcohol every year, which is still heaps. Yeah, like think about how much alcohol is in a beer, for example, and 7.8 litres of pure stuff. Yeah. Um, When I was looking into this, I was looking at the top countries, and I wanted to put you on the spot. Can you guess some of the countries that are in the top 10 drinkers in the world? Top 10? (laughs) Um, I'm assuming the UK or Ireland will probably be somewhere in there. They have a massive... Really? (laughs) Because they have such a big, like, pub culture. Um... Germany? Yes, Germany yeah. is sixth, seventh? Yes, because, you know, Oktoberfest and their beer production over there, I'm assuming, is quite high. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess one of the Scandinavian countries, somewhere like Finland or Iceland. Am I oh, anywhere near oh, the ballpark? Iceland. Iceland's on there, yep. Yes, so I thought so. So ten... Um, nine are in Europe. <laughs> so right, yeah. Europeans love to drink. The only country that's not in Europe is Grenada, which is a um, country in the Caribbean. Yes. Um, but, yeah, they're all in Europe. Number one is Belarus. Um, they love to drink, maybe because it's so cold and there's nothing else to do. <laughs> right. I should have guessed some sort of Eastern European country, you know, Russia with vodka or something like that. Yeah, there's Russia and Hungary and Poland. They're all Right, the it makes a lot of sense now that yeah. I think about it. Interesting. Yeah. UK was a good guess, though, um, for yeah. sure. <laughs> anyway, back to the episode. 
So this is not to say that Australia is, you know, amazing and we barely drink and we're so, so healthy because 23rd out of 200 countries is still pretty rough and Mm. we drink more than the US, Japan or China, for example. So the question my history brain had when putting together this episode was how do we, how did we get here? You know, why do Aussies love sinking beers so much? And the answer, as it often is, the answer to why so many of our problems exist, (laughs) which is kind of a joke, but kind of not, um, goes back to the British. Yes, of course. So if we look back at the history, English people often drank beer for breakfast, dinner and tea. And this is because A, they liked being drunk. But also, B, the water in Britain was so polluted, um, so alcohol was actually much safer to drink, and giving your family beer, gin, or rum was actually less likely to hurt their health than to give them water polluted with diseases like typhoid or cholera. I love that history fact, because it just shows how conditions can twist culture in all different ways. So when the British and the Irish arrived on Aussie soil, they brought their culture of excessive drinking to a land where, to be frank, there wasn't all that much to do for them. You know, at least in Europe, they had the distractions of a busy, bustling city life. But in the quiet and bare bush towns that came to make up early colonial Australia, the British inclination to drink simply grew and created a whole new culture of drinking. Um, in the early colonies, there's actually reports of workers' wages on cattle farms being paid in rum. <laughs> Well, there you go. It sort of just ingrained itself in society, not only in non-essential ways, but also essential ways through wages and things like that. Yeah, it really took a wrap on everything. Okay, let's pause for a minute. So here we're talking about alcohol in Australia after colonisation, but what happened before that? Yeah, so let's rewind a bit and get the historical picture of alcohol in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities. So there are accounts of Indigenous nations all over Australia brewing semi-intoxicating drinks from some native resources and ingredients, but there is no evidence to suggest that they ever made drinks with the same sort of alcohol content like we see in beer or wine. And being drunk wasn't a part of any Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander culture before invasion that we know of. Of course, we have to be aware that a lot of the historical accounts, especially written accounts, um, have been destroyed or did not last the the test of history. The first introductions of proper alcohol was actually from Indonesian seamen who used to visit the north coast of Arnhem Land each year from at least the 18th century. So we have to remember before European invasion – Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities were not completely isolated from the world. Um, they were just unknown to the West and to the British. So after invasion, the drinking culture brought by the British, unsurprisingly, spilled out into these First Nations communities and who were trying to live besides these new colonies. Yeah, and if you listen to the pod, and especially our episode we did on the Tasmanian genocide, we talked about this um, kind of divide that I'm about to chat about, um, that white Australians had a huge amount of fear about Indigenous communities in the early 1800s. You know, there was conflicts, wars, this degree of separation. And the dominant viewpoint was that alcohol was fine for the whites, but drunk First Nations communities posed a safety threat to the general community. So around 50 years after the British introduced alcohol to these people, it was made illegal for all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people to drink alcohol. 
And this was extended to mixed race, Polynesian, and Islander people also. So, of course, as you can probably guess, this attempt at control, rather than encouraging good choices, didn't work, and people got their alcohol regardless. Um, A lot of accounts and experts say that these prohibition laws could have definitely gotten Aboriginal communities into the habit of drinking a lot while they had the chance. Um, And these laws didn't end nationwide until 1972, which is not that long ago. Yeah, that's that's later than I expected. Um, Now, to some, drinking has become a symbol of equality and citizenship and, you know, gathering around together and having a drink. Um, But this history makes it hard now for communities deciding on what kind of restrictions to apply. And they're always searching for culturally sensible solutions. And that's not to say restrictions no longer exist the northern territory and south australia have designated dry areas where alcohol is illegal um, which unsurprisingly line up with regions where lots of aboriginal and torres strait people live and we have to remember that um, alcoholism has affected first nations communities um, as part of intergenerational trauma Um, so it does make sense that we are restricting Um, where alcohol is consumed, especially in these certain areas, because it does disproportionately affect um, First Nations communities, and we need to be weary of that. Yeah, and looking at the stats, um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are actually less likely to drink alcohol than other Aussies. So yes, hear that again, (laughs) more Aboriginal people abstain from alcohol than other Australians, but those that do drink are more likely to drink Um, at dangerous levels, both over a lifetime and, you know, at one occasion. And in some small populations in the Northern Territory and South Australia, heavy drinking is the direct cause of about a half of all deaths. So just like Tanya said, um, alcohol was introduced and in some communities it completely rips them apart. So I guess it's all about creating culturally sensible solutions that aren't, you know, just Canberra enforcing... um, a generic restriction, but something developed by the community. Yeah, and there was a bit of a discussion, I think at some point last year, about Dan Murphy's building stores in these areas where it could affect First Nations communities, and there was a lot of say from the local people as to whether that would be allowed or not. So we are starting to hear a little bit of input, um, except it should come to the point where there doesn't need to be that local input input these companies and these organizations should be aware of these statistics and should be able to make a decision about where their stores pop up without having the the community correct them so we've jumped back in the past what about alcohol culture nowadays in australia So the good news is that overall, people in Australia are drinking less now than they were 20 years ago, but one out of every six Australians visiting his or her local doctor is probably drinking enough to cause physical damage to their body. We also have to remember that with the pandemic, we have seen a skyrocket in the consumption and purchase of alcohol, Um, so that's something we need to consider and we need to look out for in future. Yeah, not all drinking is equal. So you can divide up drinking habits into like being sober, light drinking, heavy drinking, and binge drinking. And funnily enough, both being sober and binge drinking, so on the lower end of the scale and the higher end, is seen as strange behavior in a lot of social settings. Um, It's not just the binge drinking. People that are sober are often um, 
seen as weird or other or unfun loving. Um, yeah. Whereas light and heavy drinking are generally accepted. And heavy drinking quite often can lead to being one of those one in six that ends up at the GP due to alcohol. So this culture is pretty questionable. Um, not to judge because I'm definitely a part of it, but it makes you think, why do we see things this way? Yeah. And uh, there is a lot of research on the social side effects of alcohol. And it shows that it's very clear that not everybody who drinks alcohol has a problem with it, but the issue arises um, in the fact that often when people do have problems with alcohol, they have their lifestyles validated by the general drinking culture. So alcoholism is not often seen for what it is um, with the person in question written off as, you know, the life of the party who always has a good time. So it does come back to changing the discourse and changing our conversations about drinking alcohol and whether we herald it as a good time and, you know, the party goer or when we start to change the discussion here and start to question whether that's healthy or not. Yeah, and start to consider it as it is, like it's a drug and it can have very, very bad side effects. It's not mm. as relaxed as we make it out to be. Mm. Um, so obviously me and Tanya were having this conversation about what we thought about alcohol culture in Australia, but we wanted some more opinions. So I took to the streets in Airlie Beach, which is full of Aussies from all over the country. I think it's a pretty good population sample. <laughs> and asked them that exact question, what they thought about alcohol culture in Australia. And we'll let you listen to them. Mm. I don't know, because, like, I like a drink as much as the next guy. But, I mean, I'm 25, and as I'm getting older, I'm seeing that there's some mates that, like, keep on it too hard. And then there's some that relax. And I, I reckon maybe as you get older, um, how you drink kind of has to change. So, what do you think about alcohol culture in Australia? Oh, I think... Um... Yeah, Australians have a real reputation for drinking and being a little bit out of control and wild. And to be honest, like when you travel outside of Australia, you realise how bad that reputation actually is. <laughs> like people know Australians as just being total loose units. I think um, Australia as a country is a very we're like a very social um, culture. So we see drinking and and having alcohol. Um, as a, as a way to connect to, you know, all our social situations that we have in life, you know, having catch-ups with friends and family and and um, having social gatherings, so, yeah. And now it's time for our recommendations. So, Vanessa, what have you got for me and our listeners today? I'm going to recommend one of my favorite shows that I've recommended before, mm -hmm. um, but it's a specific episode. It's You Can't Ask That, where they ask marginalized or just different groups in Australia very specific questions that you've probably thought of before. And they have an episode um, about with alcoholics. And it's a good episode just to get some insight of different people's relationship with alcohol, how it changed from maybe being healthy to not so healthy, how it influenced their lives and the people they loved. And it's just some really great stories to contextualize all of this information we've gone through. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good one. My recommendation is an IGTV by SBS about a company called Sober Bet Beverages. They're an Australian owned and indigenous company um, that create non-alcoholic 
alcohol. Um, so they fit within this conversation, not only in terms of creating a better sober community and also normalizing the the attitudes towards remaining sober, but also, you know, wanting to fit in with others who are drinking. But it also addresses that part of the discussion about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander health and how these communities are disproportionately affected. Um, the owner is a proud Aboriginal man and he did this as a way to support his communities and make sure that they weren't being affected by um, alcoholism or alcohol consumption. So it, it does fit into our discussion quite well. Yeah, it's such but, a good enterprise. Yeah, so and there are a lot of these sober companies coming out with non-alcoholic alcohol beverages. You can also order mocktails when you go to bars and things like that. So we are seeing the rise of um, these sort of products. But we'll leave the links to those recommendations in our show notes for you to check out. And that's it from us today. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And, of course, let us know what you think. We're always interested to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and as always, please leave a review, tell your friends about us, etc., etc. Spread the word. Mm-hmm. Don't keep us to yourself. Don't be <laughs> Share the love. Absolutely. <laughs> Share the love. Um, in meantime, follow us for more short, sweet, and simple Aussie content on Instagram at Australia Explained Pod. To everyone that's in lockdown across the country, spend all your free time listening to all our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> keep busy. Um, all the info is in the show notes for you to check out. And we will see you in two weeks' time. Bye. Bye.